Hello and welcome to How to Adult. This episode I talked to Rosh about uncertainty which feels very relevant to now and has kind of been my whole attitude to life since leaving drama school, quite literally uncertain. Rosh however was brought up as an army child due to his dad being in the army which meant that he moved countries and places within the UK his whole childhood and was never certain of his destination or even school. So I was very keen to talk to him about his experiences and ways in which he managed to deal with his uncertainty. Enjoy! Hey Rosh! Hi Simone, how's it going? Or is it Simone? I haven't just spoke to you for the last like (laughs) 10 minutes before we start recording. Trying to get everything together. (laughs) Um, How are you doing? I'm good, I'm very good. I'm a bit tired, I don't know why. Even though Uh, I slept fine. Yeah, I feel like after Christmas period, even though it's like lockdown, you have to, it's just like the recovery period is a bit. Yeah, exactly. It's just mad. like getting the, back on the onto, stress. <laughs> the stress. <laughs> the stress of going back to normality. Yeah. Exactly. You know, you're stressing about stressing. You ever have that? That. I, I do that a lot, if I'm honest. Yeah, you're like, oh my God, I'm going to be stressed because more stress is coming my way. And then you start stressing <laughs> then. I've done that quite a bit, actually. But, Me too. So today we're talking about living with uncertainty, which feels very relevant to today um, and this whole of this year, really. And I guess before we get started, um, we're now in lockdown 2.0. So how how are you feeling about that? I swear it's lockdown 3.0. <laughs> oh yeah, you're right, 3.0. Yeah. 10.0. You know time. what? Because it's 3.0, I'm just used to it now. The first one, I was... It was a bit out of my character, being trapped inside, you know, all the time. I'm more of an outgoing person. I like to see yeah. friends, family. But then being trapped inside, I was like, oh, God, this is just awful, really, isn't it? But then I guess I just compared myself to, I don't know. Yeah, As you know, Leith, he, he, he was ringing me and he was like, yeah, there's um, kids trapped in. He always goes deep with Leith. He's like, there's kids trapped <laughs> in the Middle East, you know. It's lockdown for them for the, their whole lives, and I was like, "All right, fair enough." Uh, I was just telling. <laughs> I guess I'll. Yeah, I guess I'll live then. But it, <laughs> it it put myself into perspective, perspective really. Yeah. How about uh, you? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Same. We watched the news. We were like, "Should we put the news on? See what Boris has to say? Knew what it's going to be." And the first time we did it, Jamie had been talking about um. Lock, a lockdown pending or not to go to work for like three weeks before it announced yeah and um so the anxiety had really built up to this point i think it was a shock to some people but mm. in our house that it was like it was about to happen and then he recorded us like guys what do you think of this and we were like oh my god and after this third one i was like zach how do you feel and he was like yeah just this is what it is isn't it now it's yeah. just life i feel this is what we we're doing. I think we've accepted it. Like it's like pe- seeing people wear masks in the supermarket. Everyone just accepted it. You know, like yeah. the first people you saw wearing masks, you're like, "Wow, they're weirdos," but they were just being. <laughs> but it, this is before it was like a rule, and they were like, "Wow, they're being really serious." And they're like, they're super. Yeah, on it. but and now, now it's like, yeah, definitely get that mask on. See so that yeah. stranger walking past me in the street's not going to breathe all over me. You know it's normal when fashion brands do masks as well. Like, that, yeah. Yeah. It's now fashion. It's When it's fashion, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um, how is your business doing? So, like, you just said that um, 
you're not a very stay inside person your whole business is about like crowds the vibe in the room you're maybe not... just explain for anyone who doesn't know what you do do okay so we do dazed events and that's basically been running club nights um national tours and a lot of different type of events throughout the country and Europe for quite a while. We started in Bristol, that's how we all kind of know each other. And business, in the business perspective, it's okay. Like, I wouldn't say we're thriving because there's nothing, we can't be trading. However, yeah. we have put more of our attention to growing online. Amazing. Yeah, so... So in this time of uncertainty with your business, you've just kind of, like, had to work around and find another way to... Yeah, steal. exactly. Luckily, we're on furlough, so mm-hmm. we, we have good. a source of income, so we can live, we can stay inside, buy our food, etc. However, we can't trade, which that is our passion and hobby, which is fine. So can't half the world, I guess, right now. Yeah. But then, however, we were like, all right, we need to be doing something. So when it does kickstart, we can just be at the forefront, you know, at the start line, ready to go. So we're like, all right, let's just build online and online. So we've been building our, like, social pages, let's say, the Instagram, the, even the TikToks. So they've been growing quite rapidly <laughs> over Wait, lockdown. I didn't know Days had a TikTok. I knew you had a, a TikTok, but I didn't know Days had one. Yeah, so we made a TikTok in the first lockdown, just putting up, like, rave videos and videos from our, like, nights and just loads of different types of content. But it's TikTok was a hard one to get around because it's quite fresh, quite new, and it's quite hard yeah. to grasp. Like, with Instagram, we've been doing it while Facebook, like, Ryan and James... They've been doing it a while, so they know how to, like, market it. You just go on Facebook nice. Ads Manager. And there's certain types of algorithms, you know, but TikTok was a whole new, like, ball game. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, oh, my God, it's just people dancing. Do we need to dance? Yeah. Or, like, the, but TikTok's such a weird... There's, like, old people being super cute, and then I don't even know, like, other mayhems, and then just... It feels like, you know, when you go on YouTube and you fall in, like, a hole and you're like, how did I get yeah. to this point of like, YouTube? TikTok's that on steroids, like, and it's only, like, like 30 seconds of that, just on, continuously. You're not wrong. On it's like, you know, when it's, like, 10, 10 mysterious um, facts about the ocean or something, and you're like, <laughs> what is happening? It's 4 a.m. I should probably go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's that oh, you're right on steroids and you you swipe down and then it's like did you know about this about the pyramids you're like what <laughs> and and then you swipe down again and there's someone dancing and it's, you're like yeah. what is going on and then it's like a granddad dancing and then you're like okay cool <laughs> yeah but it's it's been interesting and quite challenging to figure out but I'd be like did you sorry go on carry on did you do the same course as Zach? I, I just realised, I don't know if I know that for definite. Yeah, yeah, we did, so... So you also did team entrepreneurship. So is that where days came from originally? So I was t- two years below Zach. Um, and days came from Ryan and James, and I don't know if you know the other lot. Yeah. And then Zach was the link between me and Ryan. Because oh. Zach was in his same group, kind of in our entrepreneurship course. I see. But I sold Zach Toasties. <laughs> <gasps> Wait, was that your first business? 
No, it was one of my many businesses. Like, you know, Love I wouldn't it. even call it a business. It was just a project, you know. Like, it's a side hustle. Yeah, you're fresh on the course. And I was like, you know what? Cheese slices and bread is actually really cheap. And I can buy a toasting machine for quite cheap. And butter as cheap That's as well. Incredible. So I sold toasties. It was called Texter Toasty. Love it. Yeah, 99p. Just 99p? That's an absolute bargain. I know. This is why Zach kept coming back to me. He's my I'm most loyal surprised. customer. He's like, another toasty, please. Another toasty. But this is when I'm he was... I'm not surprised. That kid will buy anything. Like, if he doesn't have to cook, he doesn't have to think about it. He will literally... It could be... You could just... It could have been a butter piece of toast and he probably would have bought it. Yeah. Uh, that's how we got to know each other. And he was like... Is all you do sell toasties? I was like, sort of, yeah, at the moment. I'm still figuring myself out, Zach. And it's like, you look at Zach, who's like third year. Like, he's w- working with the like, help of water curve. You're like, all right, maybe all I am doing is selling toasties at the moment. But you, you know, like, Zach's approach is just a bit, like, friendly. It's not, it, like, yeah. it's, it's a bit warming. I don't know how to say it. So you don't feel, oh, like, threatened. Nice. Yeah, you don't really feel threatened by it. I mean, if you just look at Zach, it's not really a friend. No, I was going to say, you look at you can't really feel friends. Yeah, so I was like, yeah, this is all I do, Zach. And then he was like, that's fine. (laughs) I was like, yeah, fair enough. And then we bonded when he knew Laith as well. And Laith was my housemate. And we all went to this pub called the Cadbury. Do you remember it? No, I've never been at it. It was in Bristol. I never went either. Laith was like, do you want to go? I'm going with my mate Zach and Kieran at the time remember yeah. yeah and then we went there and then we i think we all just had one pint proper local pub you go in there's someone sitting on the bar stool staring at us being like what characters have came in see sees me sees lay sees zach just like all weirdos you know just like <laughs> <laughs> i mean Leith had like a proper ponytail at that uh, time he's like five oh, foot yeah. high Zach's like this very, very like hipster indie cool kid. And then there's me. So we just look like we're like fresh out uni prospect book in this local <laughs> pub. And then oh, I forgot who was DJing then. And then next thing you know, Zach and Leith start going on the like the mic because there's music playing as well. Yeah, I don't know what was happening. That, that It just fast forwarded to that. And that's all I remember from that night, really. It wasn't like even Love a mental it. night, but it was just... So weird experience. Yeah. So for anyone who hasn't listened to the episode with Zach, um, Leif, uh, Leif and who I've had as well, Zach and now Rosh all did team entrepreneurship. So if you haven't listened to theirs, you should. Um, but also this course sounded incredible and that's how Rosh now has dazed and many other things going on i guess from this very cool uni course which i think is very cool from what i've heard uh, compared to most uni courses which i would normally um not recommend <laughs> <laughs> the course is literally the title living with uncertainty you're going through your yeah. life you're like, do you um, think that do you, was it really did it feel really uncertain all the whole time you know what you have of moments and glimpses during the course being like okay so what am I really doing here because you can you naturally compare yourself to your peers other people you know they're like wow they're talking about like post-grad jobs like what they've done the things they're learning and I'm like I'm selling toasties and writing about how I'm marketing my toasties and you're like I guess also for you guys 
like because in a normal uni degree apart from like mine was drama so we also had a very similar thing where you feel like how everyone's doing is at the forefront of your degree because normally you can't like people don't talk about their marks and stuff but when it's so physical and you guys are running businesses I guess every day you're seeing someone else do something or talk about a huge business and you're trying to do the same yeah yeah yeah. it must be quite competitive yeah it's very competitive but also like healthy competition as well yeah so you'd see these people in the same environment you're like okay maybe I need to level up my game here (laughs) <laughs> like I need to stop selling toasties or if I'm going to sell toasties like how am I going to make it better and there was this one point where the toasty game actually like leveled up I don't know what I think it was like taste or something like that this guy who had like a bunch of like salad chains throughout the UK yeah, yeah. he came in did like we used to have this thing called creative conversation and he was our mm-hmm. guest speaker only like 10 people there and he gave this like very good speech about how he like scaled his business and everything then he took us out for a drink and the SU the new one did you ever go to the new SU no it was like right next to our block like probably 10 20 meters away I got chatting he was like what do you do I was like I sell toasties right now and he was like and this was like one of those moments where I could have gone home right but there was uncertainty what would I actually get going to a meeting with him or like for a pint with him. But I was like, you know what? I have nothing better to do. Went with him, had a chat. Then he was like, I have a spare like industrial toasty machine that what? I will send to you. And I was like, no way, no way. I was like, is he a bit drunk or is he? I was like, I need- <laughs> This is so niche. I know. I was like, I need to get this on paper. And then he, he like, right then and there, he like introduced me to his like, uh, assistant being like can you sort Roshan out with a toasty machine that we have and then I got like the tracking order everything and then I'm gassed gassed for like 10 days it's coming it's coming and it never arrives and basically what no. happens is the the driver the delivery driver pretty much um uh labeled it as lost <laughs> He stole your toasty machine. Yeah, I know. No. So I was no. Like, I know. So I was like, oh, God. I was upset at first, but then I was like, maybe it's just a sign I'm not meant to. I'm not destined to sell toasties forever. <laughs> that did not take the turn that I thought it was going to take. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm, I'm still going about that. I even told my parents, like, like mum and dad, I'm doing bits now with the toasty. The like, toasty. To be fair, yeah, any idea starts off small, it can grow. It's like, selling toasty is great. And then it's just think the bigger picture of, like, you could have a toasty empire. There is one in... Oh, no, maybe I'm thinking at Glastonbury. I swear at Glastonbury there's, like, um, a, like a famous cheese toasty stall that people go to. You know what? In Glastonbury, my first time was last year. I, didn't, I don't think I even completed it. Like, it's just so oh, big. You've only been once? I've no, only been once. Gosh. 100%. I feel like Glass and Brew is just like made for you as well. I know, but I come from the, Wales. All the music you could ever imagine. You know what? Yeah. I didn't really get into music until my first or second year, I want to say, like properly. Really? Yeah, I was a really, really different person. Well, I had a different taste, but I was kind of like a chameleon, let's say. I just adapted okay. to like the environment a bit okay and took it in so before I think that's what you happens at uni though you just adapt yeah exactly you, you learn you 
Yeah. And I was just never exposed to it because I come from a little town in Wales, like Brecon Beacons. Mm-hmm. I don't know, you guys are probably the same in Bath, but you had Bristol to look up to. Yeah. But we only had Cardiff, and during that point, the Cardiff music scene wasn't really thriving. And I always explain it to like my little cousins, be like, we didn't really have social media at this scale that you can see like parties and raves in other cities so easily. Now mm-hmm. you go on Instagram, you can find these things in just one swipe, really. So you're naturally exposed to it just by the media. But however, we had to go to like a city to actually experience it back then. I know it's probably sounding really old, but that's what it was. No, so true. I, I'm As I'm thinking about it, yeah. As soon as I left uni and then went to drama school afterwards, I think probably even more uni, I learned... I think I was very overwhelmed by, like, the cultural differences that I'd learned. Like, my whole taste in everything changed. My, the, I, I think I've talked about this before on a different podcast, but, like, even, like, my political views, I, like, didn't have any before I went to uni. Like, I didn't understand it before I went to uni, and that's, like, I feel like my, my eyes were suddenly, like, open to everything. I didn't, I I hadn't met many people outside of my tiny village. I just, uh, yeah, I, I think my uni experience completely changed me as a person just because, and I'm sure that could have happened in a different job if I'd moved away. But if I'd stayed in my small town, I think at the type of person that I, w- I was, I wouldn't have actively found it yeah. another means. I think some people go can find stuff, but yeah. And now you're right, it's much easier to online to discover stuff, but I don't think I would have at the age we were and the the extent when Instagram was just like you put little borders around your pictures. Yeah, and... yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's just like potatoes like yeah. potato I mean, quality ex- like exactly. pictures really really bad could have been a potato i posted once a picture of my mini eggs so this is what instagram (laughs) used to be i could have posted a picture of my potato who knows (laughs) i I posted once a picture of my sock i told my mom this is one of those times right coming back to uncertainty one thing never do is let your mum do your shopping i was like mom um i really need some socks like i know you're going shopping could you just get me some socks she's like okay say no more comes back Socks have massive teddy bears in them. And I'm like a 16-year-old boy that I'm like, Mom, this is not that cool, really. And then you just have a little falling out, being like, great. But I still put it up online, being like, this is why you don't let your mum go shopping. And I was going through my old Instagram. I was like, what am I doing? I'm putting a picture of my foot up. I love it. You're going for the comedic aspect. Yeah. I feel like you would do that now. If your mum got you those socks now, you know I feel like you'd still post them. Oh, I told my mum to get me slippers and she got me these <laughs> horrendous slippers. They look like, I look like Aladdin in them. Or Aladdin. <laughs> Literally, I'm like, mum, all I need is a magic carpet. And they're not even comfy. <laughs> they're not even comfy. They're so tight. And I have quite like wide feet. I'm, like, quite a chubby guy. So I'm, like, these don't fit me, mum. Like, it's bulging out. And she's, like, it'll keep you warm. And it honestly, it's, like, a full piece of paper around my foot. I'm, like, this won't keep me warm. <laughs> <laughs> That's how fragile it is as well. I was, like, where did you get these? The looky-looky man. <laughs> it, they, they weren't good. I was just, like, sorry, mum, I can't take these. I can't take these. I'm too polite to my mum for a long time with presents. I can't, I feel bad. Is it? I think I I used to be polite. 
until I was like nine and then <laughs> I let it go, I think. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's the best way. If you don't tell them early on, then they'll continue to do it. And then yeah, like, exactly. So now she's just like, deep. I'm never buying anything for you again. I was like, that's fine. I was like, I'll that's tell you great, what to thanks. buy. <laughs> it's a bit easier that way. I was like, that way I'm so satisfied. You're way. satisfied. Yeah, so true. But it's um, like her initial when she gave me the slippers, I was like, oh, thank you, mum. These look great. And then I just told, like, the first initial reaction was, oh, these are great. And then I tried it on. I was like, maybe not the one. <laughs> so, <laughs> you thought about it a bit more and you're like, okay, actually. Yeah. So, so I wouldn't funny. hurt her feelings too much. <laughs> um, so when we were discussing what we were going to talk about, um, I was thinking if I had ever had any uncertainty growing up, because we'll get on to the fact that you you did. Um, and I, I don't think I did in my childhood. So I'm quite excited to hear more about yours I know that my older siblings ex- probably experienced more uncertainty because my dad was in the navy when he they were small but they didn't travel around with him so okay. they, it was more like uncertainty of like when he's going to come back and their communication there wasn't phones so they had to like um yeah, send yeah. letters and stuff but they yeah they kind of, they still stayed in one place whereas you moved around a lot as a kid yeah, well, I think I moved around since... Okay, I'll, I'll start from the beginning. We, yeah. My dad, he uh, admitted for the British Army. I think he failed like four times. But it, it was always because he's a very aggressive teenager. At this, He's like 18, 19 applying for these things. Where, the, did he, where did he grow up? He grew up in the village in Nepal. So not even okay. in the main city, Kathmandu, where we live mm-hmm. right now. All of my family lived in the village, and then the only hope they have is one of their sons or daughters. If one of their sons goes to the British Army, great, good life. If one of the daughters get married to someone in the British Army, great, a better life, let's say. Is this a, for the to be a Gurkha? Yeah, soldier? to be a Gurkha. So I watched your YouTube video about yeah. where you raced your dad. Yeah, the you, you, you insert that little clip about Gurkha soldiers, and I. It's mad to me to see how how important it was for a family member to be in the British Army. And even in the clip, I think it says, like, not like British soldiers um, don't... Not like there isn't a competition to be a British soldier, but over there, it's, like, a huge, huge thing. Yeah, your life is made and if only, you make it into the British Army. Like, and did they say something like only 4% of the people who apply actually get to be... I think three. I think 300 go through. Three. Out of 10,000 applicants. Madness. I know. So it's one of the hardest things you can do. But I think my dad was really good. Like, he's a soldier, let's say. Like, robust, like, athlete. He's really good at that. But he was just really aggressive and just got kicked out every single time in the last stages because he kept fighting, he's told me. Oh. (laughs) And then, and finally, when he got admitted... My sister was actually born in the village. We didn't have enough money to, let's say, move to the bigger city, Kathmandu. So my mum's mum was actually like the maiden or mate, what do you call it? Like the nurse who got my sister out. A midwife. A midwife, that's the one. Yeah. Yeah. So my oh, grandma madness. actually got my sister out. And then let's fast forward two years. I was born, but luckily my dad had enough money to move all of our family into this city. 
and he had brothers as well who got into the army so they kind of like delegated roles within everyone to move everyone across to the city for a better life and i had cousins oh, wow so several of them all got into the army then so yeah that must have been a huge thing yes yeah, so i think overall one two actually two of them got into the army mm-hmm. one went to korea okay and then one stayed in nepal i'm pretty sure but they were like my dad has eight siblings in total mm-hmm. like i think four i have four aunties four uncles let's say and some some of them married um british army or indian army so luckily we all got to migrate to the city yeah and then when i was maybe i want to say like three or four i came to aldershot do you know where aldershot is no idea yes um it's by like farnham farnbro area i don't know wait in the uk yeah yeah in the uk not not in nepal (laughs) (laughs) i still don't know where it is but okay so when you were three okay yeah because and And did you live on an army base yeah so it was me my dad and my mum who came over back then you weren't allowed to bring you're only allowed to bring one dependent child so what happened to your sister? Well, we left her with my grandma. No. <laughs> I think, I think you know what, for a period of my life, I didn't even know I had a sister. Because <laughs> I was so Talk little. about uncertainty. Yeah. You weren't even certain you had siblings at this point. Yeah, and then I went Wait. back and they're like, this is your sister. I was like, hmm, no. is she? Yeah. Wait, so I, well, I can't believe this. So at what age did you, what age did she come you, so maybe when I was were you all together? when I was maybe five or six, we went back to Nepal for six months and reconnected. And I went from a um, British school to a net police school then, and we all kind of met. My mum cried for like two years straight, apparently. But I think oh, it's a bit. Did you speak Nepalese when you moved? Uh, moved here, yeah. Back from when you moved back the second. I, I couldn't. I didn't really go to school. So oh, I, okay. I, I just, I don't know what it was called, preschool or something maybe? Yeah, like play school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just went to like a Nepalese play school, like full okay. of like Nepalese kids. And then went back, then I could speak a bit more. Then me and my sister started going to a school there in Nepal. Got my mm-hmm. ass beaten loads, because that's what they do in Nepal. <laughs> Wait, by the teachers or by the kids? Oh, by the teachers. Oh, madness. Okay. Uh, it's just normal, don't worry, it's a bit funny. Okay, <laughs> just say these men, I find it funny. Yeah, okay. yeah, you don't have to feel sorry. It's just, it's just like, it was just our reality growing up. You ask any kid our age, like, they would have got beaten in school. That's just because they thought, like, putting fear into us, getting the answers right was the right way. But looking back, it wasn't the best way. And then, well, I mean, that happened here, but it yeah. stopped pretty quick. Like, it happened, that's what, how my dad grew up with yeah. beatings, but... Exactly, but Britain progressed so quickly. But however, that was still at like 2000, you know, in the 21st century. We were still getting beaten. But, and then... Okay, so then you knew you had a sibling. Yeah. (laughs) And then you went to school I was like, what? I have a sister? And my cousin was... I actually can't believe that. Yeah. Are you close now? Yeah, yeah, we're close. We're only two years apart, so it's not like... (laughs) 
So my sister, my grand, my grandma bought my sister alongside my other cousins. I have like thirty or fifty cousins. I can't even count anymore. Oh, so she was really close to yeah. your cousins. Then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I think we're all a bit close. Everyone who grew up in the five to seven year period, let's say. Yeah. And then reconnected with my sister, and then we all kind of moved to Brunei, then moved to England, and then sort of when I can. Like get my memory together is when I first came to Folkestone in Kent. Okay. That in year three, that's when I can remember everything. But as soon as I came to Folkestone, I knew I was moving already. Yeah. So every three you... years we used to move. Every th- did you know it was going to be every three years? It was either every three or every two we knew we were going to move. So when you moved to Folkestone, did you speak English very well? No. I spoke zero English. I was. So you just do you remember your first day, or do you remember? Yeah, trying yeah, yeah. To learn? I, you know, the first day I remember so well because they were like, "You're going to school. Put on that weird like briefcase. Re- like, you know that weird briefcase you carry. It's not like a briefcase, the, but it's like a briefcase. Um, they're called book bags. Yeah, there's book bags. Yeah, they were like they're like Velcro, and you put yeah. the book in them. Yeah, they gave me one of that. <laughs> And then, well, my <laughs> and everyone wears a jumper of some sort. Yeah. And they're like, go to school. And I was like, wait, do I know anyone in this school? And then <laughs> my sister was obviously the same. So it's just me. And I was a really snotty kid as well. So went Did to this. Did your sister speak English either? No, no. We've never you been both to. just went because she was older. Yeah, we've never been to like proper English schools. Mm-hmm. If, if we went to schools, we were always put in there not long enough to actually like grasp the tongue. And then okay. we always moved away straight after. So we just kept kind of switching between places. And then from Folkestone, that was when it got a bit more stable from like, it was like, all right, you're here for the next three years. That was the first time they were like, you're here for the next three years. But before it was every, did you, every six months we were moving probably. Was three years for you, did that feel, because to me that feels, I think if I was top, but then I obviously hadn't done the six months beforehand, but say just off the bat, I was, they were like, okay, you're going to move schools for another three years. I don't know, um, and this could just be me as an adult, and I think children are really adaptable, but was there any part of you that were, that was like, didn't want to make strong relationships because you knew that they were, they were going to be over in three years, or is it just because you're a kid and you just, that you don't even think about something like that? Uh, I think, I don't know what age I was. My parents told me we're moving. Oh, it was two years down the line. They're like, we're moving next year. I was like, no. And then at this point, like, I had good friends and everything. I remember crying on my last day of school. I'm not surprised. So I was year five and that was my last day of school. Just like bawling my eyes out. Being like, I've just finally made friends here. And at that age, I'm having... year five's quite a bit, like, that's the la- You only have one more year after that till you all finish primary school anyway together. Yeah, exactly. So I, I envisioned myself, like, going to the secondary school and everything. But then they moved us to Brunei. Do you know where Brunei is? It's, no. like, next to Malaysia. It's, like, Borneo. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah. No, I know. we moved there because a segment of the British Army is there. The Royal Gurkha okay. Rifles. So there's two regiments, let's say, in the Gurkhas. They just Mm -hmm. alternate between the two countries, so the UK and the base of Brunei. So we went to Brunei. Again, I didn't know anyone. Maybe I knew probably, like, a few people just from, like, these Gurkha army parties, kids. And it was just, I was just like, ah, 
or at least we're starting over again like making new friends and I knew I was moving in two years time already at this point <laughs> but so how does that do you again is it just because you're a kid that you don't or do you ever try and rebel or you can't really do much just... really you can't be like I'm staying here yeah or you yeah, yeah. Then you're not gonna stay or no you just kind of get on with it at this point and I remember some of my classmates well they were girls you know back then you were like uh we're not friends with girls. <laughs> girls. <laughs> yeah, she was. She was actually in my class in school, in um, Kent, and I remember crying mm-hmm. on the last day, and she was quite mean back then. And then <laughs> I was like, "Don't say she's going to the same place we are, mom," because she was in the army as well. She was there as so. well. And then she was like, "Remember when you cried on the last day?" I was like, "Oh my god!" I was like, "Why did I get put up with this?" <laughs> Wait, so so a girl, so you did know someone? Yeah, yeah. well, I knew a few of them, but not like, because the Gurkhas were so big, you'd see other kids at parties, but never friends with them. I see, so there's like a group of you that would like almost move around together to the same places or something. Yeah, so it's just not me, it's just like most Gurkha kids have moved around, most army kids have moved around all their life, really. Yeah. And then... I think because we're Nepalese, we have something in common. You start to, like, recognise people, and as you get older, mm-hmm. you recognise faces a bit. But yeah. moving to Brunei, it was, like, one of the best times of my life, I think, looking back at yeah. it now. One, it was obviously sad leaving friends, but then, two, the, like, joy of making new friends, getting to meet new people, and just finding out, like, new stuff. Like, year six, when I moved to Brunei, I didn't know about this game called RuneScape. And then my first friend I made, he's like, do you play RuneScape? I was like, I don't even know what RuneScape is. And then we got hooked on RuneScape for like three years. Like absolute <laughs> nerds just playing online, like chatting online, being like, my name was like IceBeast29 or something. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, yeah. And then, yeah, it was a really good time, I'd say. But also growing up back in my mind, I'm like, okay, now we're moving back to England, where I have no idea... Well, actually, not even England, Wales. My dad was like, we're going to Wales. So I was like, I've never been to Wales. Can't we just move back to the same city we came from? And he's like, mm-hmm. it's not really an option, because that's where his career led him to. Yeah. And I remember landing in Wales, the f- landing in England, and I was like, great, I just come from a tropical like country... For like 30 40 degrees and I land in England it's raining <laughs> and it's just so like you know how England is like if you look at it now it's just like how it was just like gray clouds everything yeah today is so gray and it's a bit foggy it's very typical of yeah today and at, but this point I was going to secondary school with oh um, which is even worse yeah. so how old were you at this point I was 11 12 I was 12 when I moved back to 12 yeah I know so it's kind of like a pinnacle point of view it is and then I was like oh mum I gotta make new friends again and it's just like so awkward because we're all teenagers at this I was gonna say like it's it's such a it's always an awkward age like we all look a bit weird (laughs) because you're growing and like it's like some are tall some are really short you don't know how to get on some kids have size 13 feet some kids have size 4 like yeah I know I I think thinking back I was like this is shit 
Sorry, if I can swear, but I was like, this is oh, terrible. Oh, yeah, you can swear, go ahead. And then we crossed the border to Wales, and it just like it just got like m- more shit and shit as we got into Wales. I was like, I don't know, I was <laughs> like... got I, towards the house. I was like, how can it get more shit? Like, it oh. was dark and grey in London. Driving back, it just started raining, and the villages and the houses started getting smaller, and the town started getting smaller. Then they were like, we're here. And I was like... This is it. I was like, this is where we're living for the next uh, few years of our life. And then even going there, I was like, I don't know if I'll be here for the next like three or four years. Yeah. Or if we're going to have to move because my dad was looking to retire at this point from the okay. British Army. So I was like, wait, are we going to have to move when oh, like... No, you're like, we're going to move or am I going to be stuck here and I don't like this last place? Yeah, I know. And then I went to a school, quickly admitted to a school, Brecon High School. And then I moved school within that town that year as well to go to a pri- yeah to go to a private school because oh. I know I moved school so many times. That's so much moving. I know. Looking back at it, I moved so much that I was like, it got to a certain point where I'm like, I'm okay with moving. You know, I I know I know how to move at this point because I've moved so much, and then making new friends. It, it got a bit easier, you know, I was like, I know what people are like. There's some types of people in your class. There's there's different types of groups. You know, in those yeah. American, like 21 Jump Street, when they finally yeah. get scared, they're like, oh, there's the thing. There's like, there's, there's the, the jocks. There's the geeks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. At this point, because I've experienced so many schools, I was like, all right, there's the cool kids, I guess. <laughs> there's the troublemakers. <laughs> uh, Did you ever find yourself wanting to change groups like say you were something else before and were you ever like this year I might be because you knew that you were only going to be there for a few years (laughs) not really because at that age everyone's a bit like closed off you know humans are just who they are you can't like you're not you're not really like I find I don't know what it was for me but I found like people really closed off they're in their cliques you know they don't really like new people but if you have something in common, they'll be a bit more welcoming. So yeah. we played football a lot. And then when I played football in PE, um, I got on with others because I was actually like decent at it back then. And then it was a bit more inviting. So I was like, okay, at least I'm in with this lot. And I have my other Nepalese friends as well. But it's like every time I used to be in school, everyone used to talk about primary school, like what oh, they used to do. And I was like... Yeah all right I just have nothing in common with anyone here in, in that phase so but back when I was growing up like 15 16 I was like I wish I just stayed in one place it would have been so when much you better. moved to Wales <clears throat> sorry when you moved to Wales was ha, was there like a group more more than one of you there was like a group of you who all moved no Wales was the first time I moved solo, really, me and my sister. Really? See, at our school, when we were in secondary school, when new kids came, it was like this really exciting, like, oh my god, there's a new kid! Oh my god, there's a new kid! And they became, like, super... Even, like, weirdly... It, like, I don't like using the word popular, but, like, everyone was a bit obsessed with them because they were new, and everything else was a bit boring. Yeah, I guess in Wales, where I went, it's a training camp for the army. Ah. So there was obviously more kids before me who came and... It's such like, a, like a normal thing. Yeah, so it wasn't really a big thing. So th- like, I remember someone being like, are you going to stick around here f- for long or go to the other oh, private school? No. 
so everyone kind of knew that that we went happens. yeah so it's like already they wouldn't make an effort with you just because you knew you're gonna go at one point oh that's <laughs> so sad because like i asked a minute ago did you feel like you ever didn't want to make close relationships that's horrible if you go to a place and they're like nah i'm not gonna bother because i yeah. know they're gonna move on soon yeah and it's like back then you didn't really have communication like hey guys i'm leaving um because i don't think i i don't think i even had a phone at that point um, yeah i was gonna say even the internet's not a thing so like now if you made a friend and they were gonna move it's sad but it's not a huge deal because it's not like you won't be ever ever be able to speak to them again yeah, like, yeah. if you lived still in the same town as long as you had a phone you could still meet up outside of school but yeah exactly i remember first that, day of school gone. they were like do you know where um xyz has gone like they were here last year but they're not so it's just like <laughs> where's my other friend can you tell me yeah and i was like i don't know i've just uh, i've literally just come along and they're like how long are you here for then and i was like oh, i i was like I, I was truthful i was like i don't actually know to be honest and i was only in that school for a year then moved to the private school next door just because we got like a discount in the army so my dad was yeah. like go experience it Mm-hmm. went there for a year and then my dad retired so at this point we're like do we are we gonna have to move a whole different city if he gets a new job and at this point we're like 15 16 so it's like a very big age pivotal yeah yeah so and at this point i, re- I remember being on the phone to my mom be like can't we just work it out here like the oh. school i'm in i was like i can't do with another change because i've only just made friends here did you board? Yeah, at the yeah. School? Yeah. Oh, wow. So, so that's was... like your whole life at this point because you're there 24 7. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, oh, I've just like settled in, made friends, and I can see myself here. But it's just like, it's a really expensive place, private school. And she was yeah. just truthful. She was like, look, it can't afford it realistically if you and your sister are on it. But I don't know. We we're just understanding as kids at that point. We're like, okay, fair enough. But can you just let us know where we're going because we don't know at this rate yeah and then i don't know how basically it didn't get sorted out until last minute and then my dad got accepted into a job where we were already staying okay in brecon so we didn't have to move but at this point Mm -hmm. we had left our original school the private school so i had to go back to the um, school I just left a year ago. No. And I was just like, oh my god. And there's a rivalry between local schools, you know, just like yeah, how it is. I, yeah, there is. There everywhere that. And they're like, wait, didn't you leave to go to the posher school? Oh. I was like, what? Did I? I was like, that wasn't me, was it? <laughs> me. Nah. Yeah, I was like, nah. That's why you're mistaken. But I went there, and I remember like walking through the halls. I was like, this is like shit. I was like, I don't even know who to talk to because the friends who I was there with, they also moved to schools with me. So we all moved, like all the, like, let's say the Gurkha kids, the, we all moved to the private school that year. So we all moved okay. as a fresh new cohort. So when I went to that private school, at least I started with loads of my friends from the other school. So I was like, yeah. yes, but I was the only one moving back to the other school. Oh, and also you, you, because you were talking about the um the other kids would talk about what they did in um primary school. But at least if you've moved to kids who've also moved around, just like you, you have more in common with them. As yeah, well. exactly. So that's why I felt a bit more, let's say, in place in that other school, being like, oh, like I have my friends here. They moved school with me, and we all used to talk about the other school. 
So we had loads of loads of things in common. But when I moved back, I had let's say I had to start start from scratch again, and it was a weird one going back to like fifteen, sixteen. So everybody's out there imp- like. I don't know what the word is here. They're trying to impress each other stage yeah. in life, you know, like yeah, like the teenagers wise. Mm-hmm. So I just go in. I was just like, whatever. Well, I'll just sit at the back. I'm not really too fast. And then, but I think moving there was looking back at it now. I was like, I enjoyed moving back because I didn't really like the school I was in in the posh school. I just liked the okay. people. Yeah. So I think this is just like if you reflect back on where you've been, then you can realize then, this. Yeah, no, I I I get that too. And then fifteen, sixteen, I've forgotten ages. But isn't that almost the last year of secondary school? So then, did you? Do they have a sixth form and you stayed on there, or did yeah. you go to a college? So this this was the longest school I've ever stayed in. Okay. So year ten, I moved back. And then from year ten to the end of sixth form, I actually stayed in that school. And then oh, that's okay. That's good that they had a sixth form, and then you didn't have to only stay for like GCSEs and then yeah. go somewhere else again. So luckily, that and I really enjoyed my time at that school. I think going to a public school, there's something different about that because you get all different types of people. Like, like you get the really posh ones, the really like people from the council estates and it's just a mix of people you get like the Gurkhas you know just the come and goes you just get a whole different variation of people and you learn to like deal with them better Mm -hmm. because you're exposed to it whilst in the other school there's only like a small type of people who go there it's like the ones who can actually afford that yeah so luckily looking back I'm glad I went to the public school and the private let's say because I knew, experience yeah, I knew how both people operated at this point. But yeah, so from I guess eight years old, it was just I was just like bunny hopping, you know, leapfrogging from place crazy to place. Journey. And then, so do is your mum and dad still in Wales now? Yeah, they're still in Wales now. Like, and still in the same place. Same place, same house, and it's so like. So now, do you get a sense of um, like you? Do you say? Do you still say like home friends? Yeah, I, I'd say now that's it's like a home belonging. There's attachment to that place, yeah. which I can never let go of. Do you, when you were growing up as a kid, did you ever refer to any of the places as a home? I guess like what did you identify as home? Was it just people, or was there like a particular place? I think growing up, home was always Nepal. Yeah. Because... So if you ever refer to home, that's what you'd mean. Yeah. I think also, coming back to the uncertainty part, it was never certain my dad could have got a promotion or, like, progressed in the army. So at any point during these moves, the plug could have been taken out of the socket and we'd have to come back to somewhere else, let's say, and started fresh again. Yeah. So even though he was saying, oh, we're hoping to go to Wales in the next three years, he could have um, not got the job or something. So then mm-hmm. we would have to divert it onto a new plan, etc. So there was never home anywhere for us. So in the back of my mind, I always knew home is like 
where the people are and people are reverted back to where my cousins um where my grandma and everyone was back in Nepal so I was like okay Nepal is home at this point and then only after we came to Wales maybe after year 10 onwards I was like all right maybe this is now home I can call this home make better friends so I think ever since I cried um uh, during year 5 end of year 5 before leaving to Brunei I was like all right maybe yeah. try not to make too close friends because you're going to embarrass yourself again and someone's going to call you out in the new school <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yeah imagine first day you get called as a crybaby No, what uh, this little bitch came along with like that kid crying the in class. Yeah, yeah, she was really mean. She was really mean during no. school. During school times there, but she was just always known as a mean person in school. Wow. And then we're like, wow, I got roasted on the first day of school. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what you want because I guess maybe some people would say a benefit of moving schools is you can make a new first impression, but if someone comes in and crushes yeah, that. Yeah, I know. Comes from the past is like, oh. Man. You cried on the last day a lot. Oh. I was like, "What? What? Who's she? Who's she?" Like to my new friends, I was like, "I don't know who she is." Yeah. <laughs> I've never met her. She's crazy. Yeah, yeah, I was like, "Oh god, she's lost it already." Let's not be friends with her. <laughs> But, so, do you still have family in Nepal now? Yeah, both. I'd say a third of my family is still in Nepal, and a third is still quite a lot from my big family. I think. But both my grandmas, everyone's still there, and it's weird because they're <laughs> Nepal's health system isn't the best. But we're talking to them on the phone, and they're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, life's just going on back as normal now." I was like, really? "How?" I was like, "With we have like <laughs> the edu- yeah the education here, like the system, everything." I was like, "How is Nepal thriving at this moment?" Like everyone's going to parties, eating out, but oh, the dream, the dream right now. Yeah, I was like, how is no one scared back there? But here, you know, like we're total lockdown, so. Oh, well, we just haven't like contained anything, or we don't have management over anything, do we? I don't know what's happening at all. Yeah, I'm in no so place like to comment really. I just don't know enough. I'm like, all no, right. me neither. I, I, yeah, we don't. We do have a TV, but we only use it for Netflix. So <laughs> any information I get just comes from like my group chats, and it just pops up, and I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, it's just loads of people sharing stuff online, being like, I can't yeah. believe they've done this again. This I can't is... believe they've done this. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I was like, at this point, who do you even believe, or wh- wh- why are you meant <laughs> to read? Because there's always someone yeah. who's going to argue that fact, always. So true. So I'm just like, um, you, you know what? Is just I'm just gonna carry on with life. It's not gonna like just follow the rules and carry on. I interrupt this podcast to declare that I have a very weak bladder and needed to pee at this point. So we had a short break and then came back. On with the podcast. Rolling. I'm rolling. All right. I think before we roll. Yes. I ramble on a lot, so what I'm trying to say w- with all this moving with uncertainty is the m- every single move, looking back, has been the best points of my life. Really? Yeah. So I think looking back, I'm like, wow, I made so many friends. Um, I've learned all this skill to make new friends along the way, like how to ease into a community quite easy, not easily, but just getting myself into a community being part of it 
giving to the community, um, getting from the community, I, let's say. So it's been really good for me, all these moves, looking that, at my past oh, experiences. You answered one of my questions. Yeah, so I think what I'm trying to say is if you, at the moment in time, oh God, you're having so many thoughts about your life. You're like, oh, I don't know where I'm going to be, where I'm going to end up. This could be, you have so many doubts and thoughts running through your head. But then as long as you start, learn to start the process, you're like, maybe this is where I'm meant to be, you know? Instead of yeah. start, like, there's a cousin song called Feed It, Don't Fight It, which I really like. So you just feel the process, trust the process and know that whatever is happening is meant to be. And you can still be in charge of um, the change, the uncertainty, you know, being like, okay, I'm changing. Let's just accept it, acknowledge it. But how can I be in power of it? Being like, how am I going to be happy? So you move into these places being like, I'm going to do this, 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 or I'm going to start this, this, this in this place. Maybe check out these places. So you can start grasping control of the uncertainty and being like, okay, maybe like my life is going this direction. Let's just trust it and go with it and live it every day. I think you start to daunt yourself a bit more if you keep thinking about it in your head. I think some people would not thrive in that situation or maybe hold grudges or find moving again quite difficult or maybe be subconsciously afraid to build relationships. So I'm so glad that that's been something that's been made much easier for you. Do you think choosing a uni why did you choose Bristol because I guess that's then choosing to move again why did I choose do you know what I came here to do my work experience when I was 16 okay and my, my sister was already in this uni yeah and I I kid you not I, I didn't know what I wanted to do in uni but I knew I wanted to come to the sea because I got to experience the sea when I was 16 my yeah. sister like took me to a few pubs and mm-hmm. every, all the things I was like this is sick I was like there's a river <laughs> So we went to a bar. I had no clue what um, anything about the uni. I was just like, I'm coming here as well. That was me done, dusted. I was like, I'm not even going to think about the other seas. I, because oh, one big... Insane what- that you ended up on that course as a result of that. Because I didn't look at the area that I went to. And I went to Kent Uni. And I deeply regret not looking around the area because I was like, there is nothing here. Oh. And that's such a big part of your uni experience. Yeah, it is. So you're so lucky that you loved the city and then were yeah. so fortunate that the course was also really good. I didn't actually do the course in the first year. You didn't? No, no. So I went there doing business and management, like really lecture-styled mm-hmm. courses. And I was like, wow, this is really, really shit. Wait, is that the same course that Leif did before? Yeah, yeah. Me, well? me and Leif. Oh, I love this. Same adventure, really. <laughs> he was in the same block as me. And yeah. Like, the first day I met him, he was just, like, by the lift. And you know how happy he is, like, smiley friendly. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I've just, like, come back, I don't know where, from the gym, maybe, at this point, when I was, like, 18. And he lived on the sixth floor. I lived on the bottom floor. But he's waiting for the lift, and he's just smiling at whoever's coming past. <laughs> And I'm going past, and I'm like, oh my god, this five-foot hairy man is staring at me. I was like, does he want me to stare back? And like, you know, you know that like initial thought. And I was like, oh god, he's staring so much. I'm, I'll just say hi. He's like, all right. I was like, all right. Just like introduce myself. You okay? He's like, oh, my name's Leif. I do business and management. This is doing freshers. 
And I was like, oh, yeah. what? No way. So do I. I was like, should we go to the lectures together? And that's how we kind of hit it off. And then he oh. invited This was when I knew it was a bit weird. Like, you know, fresh is like, everybody's like, oh my God, drinking, partying. He was like, do you want to come with me to play ping pong? I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> ping pong? I was like, and at this point, I'm 18. Like, all I know is going out. I'm like... <laughs> I'll pass on that, but if there's other offers, I'll join you on that. If we're going out, then hit me. Yeah, yeah, because that was all that was in my mind, because I was like, I come from a small village, like, I mean... <laughs> we don't have the, we can't go out so quickly and get back so quickly. Yeah, so I didn't really have that party lifestyle growing up. We just had pubs, and then being exposed to clubs, Same. that's when I was like, I actually love dance music, because it's just, that's when I got into the groove of stuff. That's where I met Leith. And then people in my building did um, Zach and L- Zach's course, mm-hmm. but a year below. Oh, actually two years below my year. And they were like, we do this course. There's no exams. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> and it's just coursework. I was like, what's this course called? Yeah. <laughs> I, was like, what's- I was like, pass me the email. And then we all like shifted and before we even went to the course, we were like involved with the course because we did some weird like business challenges. We went to Birmingham, we thought we okay. did like dogs bollocks, but literally yeah. our idea was so shit. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, how did our idea not work? It was so good, but it was really, really bad. Really bad. But yeah, That's luckily I knew the city. Did you go to Kent first then? Yeah, so I went... I went to Kent for three years. I was literally like, I want to move because I was just stuck in the village my whole life. And I was yeah. just like, I want to move so far away from <laughs> this village. I don't care where I go. I just want to meet new people. I was so like done. I was like, I want to meet new people. I'm done. I want to go somewhere else. Why did I choose Kent? Because I don't know. But it ended up being the most international. It's one of the most international schools in the UK. So actually it was probably the best place for me because it meant that I did exactly what I wanted to do and meet so many different people that were, were in my village. But then... It wasn't actually that far away. It was like three hours and I had to go into London to get out on the train. So it was quite yeah. far. But I mean, it could have gone to Scotland and I I wasn't, I was a bit too much of a pussy to go that yeah. far. Um, There's always a <laughs> yeah. radius you're willing to go, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it was just a very small village. It was very beautiful, but it was more like living again in the country, just with like two unis yeah. in the middle of it. Wait, so, because I lived in Kent as well. Did you go to like the set? when I was in you know when I before I said before moving to Brunei that's where I lived in Kent so I lived in Canterbury ah okay Kent is big then yeah Yeah, I know where Canterbury is there's like Margate and it goes all around the sea yeah 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 okay I know where Canterbury is Mm -hmm. that makes sense that tiny little place (laughs) <laughs> there's loads of just tiny little places around Kent. Kent, like it is huge, but it's just like huge by villages. And you can go to like Ashford, and I don't know, they're like yeah. supposed to be little cities, but they're not. They're Dover's like... not far as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's where all these army bases are. Yeah, my dad went to the navy base, but he went to Portsmouth, and he kind of like went around. But lucky for him, he because he's Scottish. He just he remained in Portsmouth most of the time. Like obviously he they'd get deployed on the ship, but then their yeah. base when they come back would always be 
that mm. one area. So luckily for him, his kids could stay there. And I guess, I don't know if that's lucky for him. Do you think, actually, that's a good question. Do you think you would have rather stayed in one place and then your dad get deployed and come back? Or are you happy that you got to travel around with him and have more of a relationship? Um, he he did get deployed while we were in certain places to do courses. So like mm-hmm. he went to Afghan, all these places. Also with the uncertainty, he might not come back. I remember crying when he okay. went to Afghan. Ugh. But I think the father-son relationship didn't really like build until I was in secondary school when I was a bit mm-hmm. more understanding. Okay. And I think he relaxed a bit more being like, oh, actually, these are my kids. Yeah. Not just little animals uh, <laughs> made. Because <laughs> I get it now why like Asian parents are a bit hard because they've worked like since they were, I don't know, teenagers, let's say. They haven't had a time to become, be a teenager, enjoy the small things like we did. So it's hard for them to see it from our perspective. Yeah, it's hard for us to see it from their perspective. But So true as well, because if your dad's whole focus, like his whole family's focus was to make something of themselves and to do that, it was to get into the army. Like he spent so long trying to achieve that goal, achieved it. Then then the goal was to be in the army. So you're, you're not thinking about like your kid's, yeah, Life, exactly. Because you probably want them to do the same as you and focus on something. I don't yeah, know. that's that. That no, no, you're completely right. That's why people like I think Asian parents are a bit hard on their kids because that's the life they had. That's the only life they know. And when you, when that's the only thing you know, that's the only thing you can, let's say, transfer to your kids as well. Yeah. But now we grow up in a really, really different age to what they did. There's more options. You don't have to go to the army can become a dj <laughs> <laughs> yeah did your dad have like a future for what he wanted yeah, yeah. you to be because his was mom army. obviously had one for him he wanted you to be in the army as well yeah he's like why don't you go in the army i was like absolutely not i was like <laughs> I, just, I was like there's just no choice in that I was like, i'd rather do i'd rather do anything but be in the army how does he feel about because obviously your whole thing at the minute is um it seems as though maybe they are slightly disappointed in your career choices. <laughs> well, when I used to tell them, they're like, what do you do? I used to explain to them so much, like, what we do. They're like, I don't get it. Is army still out the option? Or, like, <laughs> do you not want to work for, like, a big company somewhere? And I was like, not really. I've never had that interest, you know. And then maybe, but this is now thinking back, I was like, maybe because my whole life's been uncertain. Mm-hmm. I know going to the army, going to, I don't know, like to work for a big company, you work your way up the ladder. It's it's, it's just like certainty. And I know- That is wh- too much certainty. Yeah, and I was like, you know where you're going to end up. You know what you're going to do. You know, there's, I don't know, maybe it's just like my whole life's been uncertain and it's been a bit exciting. Yeah. So I'm still chasing that excitement with uncertainty. Because I know with uncertainty comes uh, excitement, new people, something fresh but with with the case of certainty you know what you're getting and it'll be good but it's just mapped out for you already are you a person that likes to plan or do you you just like to go with the flow and you'd rather not um i'd say plan like 
pretty much 10% <laughs> and go yeah. with the flow 90. So I wouldn't say I'm completely go with the flow because it, I don't know, it doesn't really work out if you go with the flow. I would say exactly the same for Zach. I'm, I'm, I'm a, such a planner. Like I would like to plan like two months in advance. Let's go do this. Let's do this. And he, it, it, we've had to come to some kind of um, middle ground. <laughs> middle ground where I realise that I've now had to become way more go of the flow, and that yeah, he it's like his worst nightmare to have something planned two months in advance because he could be doing something else that's more important or yeah, like yeah um I, I get his point of view when someone someone tries to book in a day like three months like i don't know march the 7th let's go cycling in wales i'm like oh <laughs> I'm like, that's a bit too far in advance isn't it <laughs> sounds good but yeah i was like just weekend, i could commit i'll pencil it in but i'm not gonna commit that's that's what i normally say now because you just never know what might come up like i guess especially for zach and um, jamie they're very reactive aren't they to yeah the situation yeah i think that's quite characteristic of people's nature and sounds like maybe it is of yours as well yeah i think i remember calling them being like zach jamie do you guys want to come to the ski trip with us and they're like oh yes i forgot you were the reason why (laughs) they're like okay when is it i was like probably like five days <laughs> they're like okay count us in i was like nice <laughs> that was literally how the conversation went i think oh god so, <laughs> i do like that though but no there's big respect to people who can plan out like yourself like two three months in advance but it's I just think, like people are wired differently yeah i, when, I think you uh, yeah I think I've become to realize that like I can get a good balance like sometimes it's really fun to have like a whole weekend planned for someone to stick to those commitments but then there's other times where you if you plan too much it's never gonna go as how you thought it, w- it would and then you either get disappointed or it's just not the yeah. same and actually there's some fun to be had in just being like okay tomorrow let's go away somewhere and do yeah you have some type of emotional attachment to that plan and when it doesn't go to plan you get so like upset and disappointed Mm -hmm. it's it's like they cheated on you or something yeah and you're you're like like, oh my god why is this happening to me it was so perfect (laughs) yeah it's like my heart hurts what it's like i envisioned everything you were meant to be in this space at this time doing this thing yeah. And now it's not going to plan. <laughs> so it's emotional attachment is a very, very big thing in planning, and I think. Also, the, with a plan, you feel like your things can't go wrong. Like, if if it's too uns... And I guess this comes to, like, people wanting to even plan their whole lives, which is something that you now like the uncertainty of. But some people hate that uncertainty like they'd rather know in like three years time i'm gonna have this promotion and in five years time i'm gonna have a house it means and some and and then this but then i like covid for example people who had those plans that's been fucking blown out the window because you don't know what's around the corner you could have a plan which feels pretty set in stone and you're on your way to hitting all of those marks and it doesn't feel like there's any way that could change and then covid comes and you could get furloughed you could get everything changes everything You're right. changes uh, this i this year has taught me a lot about that situation i think and then having to come to terms or just trying to 
Yeah, I get what you mean. Not panic so much about that and just whatever's going to happen is going to happen. And then, like, what you've done with your business currently, find different ways of doing what you love. Yeah, I think there will always be a different way around, you know? Nothing's to say you're certain. You're living with uncertainty every day of your life. You could die tomorrow, not to make it a bit dark. So so I think when you start to accept, oh, my God, I'm actually, like, my friend said, we're, we're mortals. We're not, like, immortal, you know? Yeah. Like, nothing's set in concrete for us. We could step out tomorrow, I don't know, get hit by a bus or have a heart attack. So it's just focusing, putting more of the focus on the now than the, all right, like you said, having attachment to plans in the future. Like, I'm going to get a dog in three years, get married in five, uh, hopefully have a promotion and get a bigger house, move to the country in ten those sort of plans, they could go out the window as this year has shown you. So I think, but it's also good to have those plans in place, but maybe taking elements of everything. Yeah. Yeah, you know, not just, like you said, if if that doesn't go to plan, you feel like your whole life has been crushed. Mm -hmm. You're like, it was, it was there in my hands and now it's gone. Like for a lot of us, we thought like for us at days, we're like, this is our year. We're going to smash it. Comes March, everything goes to shit. Like, and it's just not, not not just for us, for the whole world, really. And now there's a slight bit of uncertainty in my head when the next time I'll see my grandma is. One of my grandmas is really old. So in the back of my mind, I'm like, okay, she could die quite soon. Same. Same. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't actually know if I'll ever get to see her. But what can I do? I don't know, just talk to her on the phone yeah it's so make the most of it you know so to have the image in my head that i'll see my grandma next is i've I've let go of it i think you with uncertainty you begin by letting go you begin by realizing you're not in control and that's when you fully start to get in control like things are gonna change so just relax and carry on with your life really so true do you get what I mean? I do. Oh, yeah, my, my nan's 94 as well. And there was a moment where we we were like, yeah, she's going to come back for Christmas because she lives by herself. Yeah. And then that got crushed about a week before Christmas. Obviously, it should have been done way before that. But everyone then was like, no, this is really unsafe. Uh, and yeah, it crushed me. She rang me and she was like, Simone, I just want to let you know that I'm not cool. I'm, oh. She said, I'm not allowed to come to, for Christmas. And I just started crying. I had to get Zach to talk to her because I didn't want her to hear me upset. But I was just like, oh, I, this this woman lives by herself. She's 94. At this point, she just wants to make the most of every day that she has left. And she's been like trapped in her house for her own safety and yeah. I think there's part of her that still doesn't really understand yeah. the extent of that no um, no no you're completely right I know loads of older people people with learning disabilities who hasn't quite grasped what is happening you make a change like this to someone's life and it could throw them huge. completely off the curve they're like well I used to go to supermarket at six why aren't we doing it now yeah it's like you I don't know I don't know how people deal with it but I guess you leave it with the professionals, but <laughs> not someone like me. We, like, we can't go supermarket today. <laughs> that's it. I'm sorry. Yeah, they're like, that's it. Final. I can't even explain why, but we can't. That's funny. 
Yeah. One of my questions was going to be, I, I, so I searched uncertainty because I was like, hmm, I wonder what the interwebs have to say about oh, this Oh, yeah, what does situation. it say? Um, not much. It was just a lot of, like, <laughs> ways to deal with uncertainty. And one of the the first points of one of the articles was... Even Google's exist. uncertain how to describe uncertainty. Literally so uncertain. Um, and then I was going to ask you if you've ever resisted moving my phone. You've kind of already answered that question. Resisted? Moving. What do you mean, sorry? So, one of the one of the um, the first thing to like how to cope with uncertainty is not to resist the uncertainty. So I was wondering if there was ah. ever a moment in your childhood where you did try to resist. Yeah, loads. I think I'd be lying if I said I just went with the flow, but I didn't. It was really hard, and then I. I don't know, this is how I describe, like, anxiety, stress, all all emotions. This is how I describe to people. I was like, people don't, it never goes away. Stress never goes away. Anxiety never goes away. These are all human emotions which come and will naturally always come. You just, every every point in your life, every actions you take, you you learn to deal with it better. So it's just like, okay, I will get stressed. And I will get a bit anxious, but I've had so many anxious moments in my life that I've started to become like, you know what? It's going to be okay because it's been okay for me for the last 23 years of my life. I've learned to deal with it. And then and then when a bit of stress comes my way, I'm like, actually, you've dealt with this in the past. Like, just relax. It's going to be okay. It's not the end of the world if you fail. If you fail, accept it and move on. If you pass, happy days. Don't get too excited. And just get on with it, really. That's how I say people... Like, emotions can never go, I don't think. You know, um, when people so like, true. I don't get stressed. It's just like, of course everyone gets stressed. Yeah, everyone but, just has different ways of dealing with it. Yeah, different ways of managing with it. If someone takes mm-hmm. longer, that's fine. If someone can deal with it better, that's fine as well. But I think resisting, I've never... I, I've, I've just learn to become like okay whatever's gonna happen is gonna happen yeah. i just have some goals in my mind like you said some aspirations if i hit it fine if not move on carry on with life because like you said we're a bit we're mortals really you know we could yeah everything's uncertain right now so, so uncertain. just learn to go with it we have to adapt we have to find ways to adapt yeah you no, you're right yeah so it's like, this is our time right now. How are you going to adapt to making sh- like, you got to know what type of person you are, you know? Everyone's yeah. different. I'm a bit outgoing person, so I've adapted by keeping my mind busy and make, doing more like pub quizzes, Zoom calls, keeping contact with family. That's how I've adapted, really. How have you adapted to this moment? Hmm... I'm going in swings and roundabouts, I think. I have yeah. moments where I feel like, oh, I'm being really productive at the minute. And then there was, like, at least three months in lockdown where I was like, I'm not doing anything. And it got me really down. I was like, I'm not adapting. I'm just sat at home. not yeah, doing yeah. anything. And other people are adapting really well. You um, see online, you're like, wait, how has this person achieved, like, five courses, done this? Yeah. They're like, how yeah. the body shape of their life. And I'm there mm. in the couch, still like sweating, 
Like, okay, maybe I shouldn't eat the next bag of crisps. I should just let it go. <laughs> but then I get another phase in my like day where I'm like, wow, I'm super productive. I just cleaned all the dishes. <laughs> <laughs> Same. Yeah, you like find the small things. I've started writing lists actually, and I put on really small things. I listened to a podcast the other day with um oh Matthew McConaughey and um I can't remember, it might have been the Seth Rogen podcast. And he was saying that um, he started writing lists for everything, no matter how small, even if it's like taking a douche. And I think by that he meant taking a shit. Oh, uh, right. Because if he writes down loads, then it, he feels like he can get the bigger tasks done because he's able to like physically tick off all the small ones, even if it's like just making lunch. And then you feel like you'd be more productive in the day. So it spurs yeah. you on and gives you more... I guess it's like a domino effect, really. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, it gives. Yeah, so, someone said it's like don't aim for zero to hundred in this period. Aim for like zero to one, one to two, two to four, and double it like a compound. More than, all right, you know what? I'm gonna have a six pack by the end of tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> for so example, true. it's just like all right, maybe I'll start with a one pack yeah. and move to the two. Maybe I'll start with like not dying the first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, okay, that's a start. And then keep moving forward. So it's just like how you... But at least you know it yourself. You can... You go in peaks and troughs. I think for people to realise how they feel, when they feel, and why they're feeling like that, Mm -hmm. that's the most important. Because people go up and down like a yo-yo in emotions always, especially during these times as well. Mm-hmm. So, recognizing those and then finding ways to manage it. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, and then just think about all the moments you've been, you've dealt with it in the past, and you're like, okay, I've actually dealt with this. I know what's coming. I know what's next. I know what to do. Like my plan of action next. You know. I guess my last question is: if you had to give any advice for any other traveling kids who who also have no control, I guess, over where they're going next, what advice would you give them? Oh, God. This is going to be one of those things which age, ages badly when someone takes my <laughs> advice <laughs> and ends up in prison or something. <laughs> they're like, well, hang on. Russia gave me this advice one time when I was 11. Um, I'd say just trust the process. No... Um, everything's going to be all right. Even though at that very moment in time, right, for me as kids, I was like, this is the worst moment of life. I hate my parents. I'm going to go cry or something like that. But then looking back at now, those were the best moments in my life Mm -hmm. because I made new friends, learned new skills, learned how to adapt really quickly to communities, people, and also manage my emotions better you start to learn a bit more about yourself when you're exposed to different type of people you're like oh hang on there's a part of me for example which is a bit of zach a bit creative then there's a part of me which is a bit more lathe you you also learn from a lot of different types of people the more people you meet you i don't know you take a part of them some good some bad like you're like oh god i never want to be like that dickhead again like, I hope I'm not like that person in this situation. So that I think it told me I cried on my first day. Yeah, so I was like, I'm, yeah, exactly. So I was like, all right, <laughs> I'm never going to go in a first day and embarrass someone. 
So it's just like these, all these little steps you take, all these actions, they build up to who you are, you know, and everything is uncertain in life. So just go with it. Begin by letting go. Amazing. Thank That's you so much, Josh, for speaking to me today. No worries. Um, we had a good chat. We did. Where can people find you? What you're doing now? Because I know you've got a lot going on. Uh, where can I think the easiest place is my Instagram, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so Which is? It, oh my underscore Rosh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's oh my Rosh. Or you can follow Days, Days Music with a Z. Mm-hmm. Dazed. And for my Asian Gurkha fans, which is no one except my sister and mum, it's Coca Gen Diaries and some. Oh, me? I follow it. I'm loving the video. <laughs> yeah, my Asian, my Asian documentary, my lifestyle growing up. <laughs> yeah, basically, if you want to hear more of what yeah. Rosh is talking on, about. On that angle of. Yeah, then go there. Yeah. I also Coke love that Gen- on your instagram it says um sack and jay's dj as well. i know i was like you need to add the coco gen to the your bio i'm running out of space tomorrow i'm not no. gonna lie <laughs> <laughs> i'm running out of space so i was like someone's gonna be the weakest link here someone's gotta go here <laughs> so that i need to, to decide be, like under dazed yeah you yeah, know i see people's out- profile i'm like wow it looks so cool and professional i was like does mine just look like a gimmick like putting so many things no, but it's, I was just like, amazing, it's just part of me. What you have going on, yeah, exactly. You know, some people are like, I always look at other people's profile. I'm like, okay, that looks quite cool. I'm like, <laughs> does mine look like this to other people? But then I look back on my profile. I'm like, this is just like a reflection of who I am, really, all over the place. That's good because a lot <laughs> of people's internet presence is not a reflection of who they are whatsoever. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. People like to be other people, but mine's just all of the place. Nothing concrete, you know. Just be like, this is this is me. This is what defines me. Mine's just like Zach and Jay's DJ. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and in my tweet, I wrote backup dancer as well, just in case they knew that. I was like, I'm on the call up always. I always get scared when they call because I was like, I know, I know they're pointing a camera at it and they're gonna ask me to do something. <laughs> so I'm like. like should I answer? When you DJ, can you also be a backup dancer in the set afterwards? Yeah. That's what someone's going to ask next. Oh, 100%. Just ready to go. <laughs> that's, that's how it should be. Always ready to go in these uncertain times. You know it. What a legend. Please go and check out some of Rosh's stuff. He has been brashing out the content recently. I've also got several things lined up for the next month, so keep an eye out. Bye.